everyone to the Disco Posse podcast. My name is Eric Wright. I'm going to be your host today. Don't forget to keep following along. You can go to discopossepodcast.com, get show notes, links, and more. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And with that, let's get started. And we're live here. Welcome to the Disco Posse podcast. Another fun episode, which is going to be exploring a new platform we get to meet a new uh, friend of the Disco Posse podcast and, and in the community, someone who I discovered through some, some interactions. It's what happens, podcasts beget podcasts. It's, uh, it's pretty cool for folks that, have been, that are just catching on here. My name is Eric Wright. I'm the, uh, the host here of the podcast. Uh, you, can, of course, can catch up on all the previous episodes if you go to discopossepodcast.com or just podcast.discoposse.com. Whew, just do, do a search for that. Luckily, having the name Disco Posse means it's easy uh, to identify. Of course, you can find me online. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Disco Posse. Uh, with that, we're going to get started because we got a really neat thing. Uh, if you've heard a lot lately, we've talked about personal productivity and platforms that are solving problems around, you know, getting attention back, getting productivity up. So this is super cool. I'd like to actually welcome Dmitry Minkowski, who, who is fresh to the show. Uh, and uh, so, Dmitry, if you want to introduce yourself, tell us where we can find you online. And we're going to talk about Pony.gg and, and how you got started with it. Yeah, so thanks so much for having me on, Eric. Uh, my name is Dmitry Minkowski, as you said, and I am the founder of Pony. Pony is an email service that sends and receives email once a day. So um, you get one daily pickup and delivery. You choose morning, afternoon, or evening. And at that time, your emails are picked up and uh, new emails that may have accumulated are put into your inbox for you to, to look at and reply to. Um, and that happens once a day at a time of your choosing. And if we, if we look back and if you, for folks that are listening, I, I definitely would encourage going back. I had a couple of good chats. Uh, Ethan Banks is somebody who I spoke with a, a couple of times specifically around like productivity enhancements. Um, also the Ed Horley podcast, which actually just was fairly recent. I think it was episode 72. We talked about stuff around productivity, attention, learning, um, and so this once a day thing, I'm a huge fan, right? I really love to narrow down the focus of when I attack email. Email is not meant to be a real time platform. We've made it that way. Uh, but I love that. I've always loved the batch approach. Uh, if anybody's a fan of Tim Ferriss, they've probably heard about kind of his, his stuff that he, he uses. And in fact, the product that he recommended was something called the email game. And I actually wrote a blog on it. And it's DOA. Actually, the product went away. Uh, but there's another. There's some other stuff that's that uh, that company uh, it was made in, and, and I forget what they. Uh, so they've got something called Boomerang. There's a few different ways to do, you know, different types of sending. But so Pony's cool. I love this idea. Batch yeah, in, batch Pony. out, and you know, let's dig in. How did you? How did you choose to attack this problem? That's actually my first part of. I always love to hear that story of how you. What made you think this is a problem I got to solve? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's other tools and services that help address the issues that are, that are underlying why I created this platform, but I never found one that worked for me. And so that's kind of like, you know, the typical story of, or one such story of why did you make something, you know, it's like, I, I needed this. <laughs> um, and I kind of felt that just like, like looking around, I kind of got the vibe that a lot of other people might need this too. And so for me, it started basically from like one of the very first emails I sent. Um, I got email when I was a little kid and I was like, oh, look, it's email. It's like electronic mail. And so we're supposed to be able to correspond with people over this platform. And so I tried to send an email to my cousin and I wrote it up and I sent it and lo and behold, she, she responded probably in like half an hour. And I was like, whoa, she responded. This is so cool. And so I read her email and then I was like, well, you know, I don't really have much to say. You know, I just wrote the other one. Like not any time has elapsed. I don't really have anything new to respond to her with. So I was like, okay, I'll write to her in like a, I don't know, 24 hours, a week or something like that. And as, you know, as, as happens with email, you know, new things arrive in your inbox suddenly what's fresh and new is like history and i, I kind of like forgot about her email for a while and then like it just i i kept falling into this pattern of of just simply not being able to keep up correspondence with humans over email that wasn't anything above the say like hey let's plan for getting together tomorrow or something like that. Like anything that was trying to maintain a, I don't want to say meaningful, but any sort of kind of like more in-depth communication with a person than something say just cursory was really hard for me over email. And I, I looked hard over it over, I would say a long period of time. And I decided that, that the problem with email is that is that it's instantaneous. It's really just like very hard for me to distinguish email from chat. You know, like email is kind of like a glorified chat in the sense that it's more robust, there's more that you can do with it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's instantaneous like everything else. And so what I find myself falling into is this pattern of reactive communication over email. You know, like it drives this, this, rhythm of of an email arrives in your inbox and bam it's like you are now uh tasked with responding to this email lest it go away forever you know like it takes a lot of work to stay on top of your email and i just i wanted a, a space where instead of being reactive in my correspondence in my communication, I could be reflective instead. And for me, the taking away of that instantaneity was just a huge and I would say the most important factor in creating a platform that's that is that enables reflective communication as opposed to reactive communication. And so and that's why I made this platform. You really brought up a good point of like there's a there's a very sort of synchronous thing that happens in chat. It's a very real time thing, but email on its 
like the origin of email was just that, like it's electronic mail. It was meant to augment the physical mail system and it should be treated as such. Like it should be treated as asynchronous. It should be treated as something that, like you said, you would get get a letter and you would open the letter, you would read the letter, and then you would take time to write the letter to reply back. Email was really, we've, it was designed to do that for us and speed that process, make it electronic so you can store it, print it, do other things, et cetera. But then what we've done is we've tried to, to wedge it into this like weird, you know, thing. And, you know, people email after hours. And, and like you said, you suddenly feel compelled to do something. And, and we shouldn't, we should never feel that. So I loved, you know, we, it's a great force for people to revisit what the heck is email actually doing? You know, email is a way to track like either longer form things. Uh, by doing it and really making email productive and valuable this way, I think it will move people to understand where, you know, synchronous chat becomes important for other real-time stuff. You know, I, I love that, like you said, every founding story starts with, I had a problem and I tried to build something for it. And in doing so, I found out a lot of other people had the same problem. So you're, you're a developer. What's your own history? I'd actually love to explore that, Dimitri. Yeah, so I, um, I fell in love with computers from an early age. I was probably like five years old when my mom, she was a computer programmer. We moved to this country. And so like the first thing we needed to get, I guess, was like a car because we moved to the suburbs. And the second thing we needed to get was a computer. Um, and so we got like, it was probably 1990, we got a 286. And I, I remember like the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't know what this is, but it's really cool. Cause it's got like a TV on it, <laughs> but it's got this. Yeah, it seemed pretty badass at the time. You're like, this is amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like it turns on and it makes sounds and stuff. And I just wanted to learn everything about it. Fortunately, my parents let me use it every so often because it was kind of like an important thing also for my mom, like not for, for me to break it. And I learned that I couldn't break it. If I, if I did, I had to figure out how to fix it. <laughs> and so it all kind of went from there. I uh, fell in love with computers. I like other things as well, <laughs> but I would say computers have been my, uh, I would say, passion uh, growing up. And um, I went on to study chemistry in college, but, um, but I, I just kind of have always been into programming the web. I mean, the web, I, I remember my first IRC experiences, just like the internet's amazing, you know? Like I'm making this platform that is in a way, like I've heard it, described as an anti-technology you know in in, in 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 a way but it's actually like like i love technology and electronics and all this stuff and um so i studied chemistry and then i was i spent a little bit of time in finance actually as well because like i didn't know what to do after college but then i was like i mean i really just want to study i mean i study i just i just really want to get into the internet and technology thing and so i found a job in web development in New York maybe 10 years ago and ever since then I've been a professional web developer software person um, I, I've been working on this full-time for the past I would say a few years um, freelancing a bit here and there as well but 
mostly working on this. Um, and it's up, it's live, it's ready to go. It's great, I think. So um, that's basically my background in, in a couple words. You know, and it's, I love also the story of, of many people when you hear, like, we, we generally aren't born into, like, I'm going to be a computer science graduate and, and I will then immediately launch into a software engineering role. Like we do hear those stories, but it's, I find the the people with the most diverse backgrounds often have a better way of approaching some of these problems because they think of it differently, right? If you were to think as a formal, you know, computer science major, you know, like if you're born and bred to do that, then you, you think about it differently. Like there's a different approach, I believe, uh, versus, you know, I look at my background, Sam, like wildly, you know, outside of IT. Happened to have touched IT a lot as a kid because my dad was in it, but I approached it very differently. I did other things. You know, you're, you, you've got obviously the right mind for thinking deep analytical stuff. You did chemistry, uh, you got into finance, and then here you come into this. So your approach to it, I think, is often better than somebody that comes up from a fundamentals of system development, not to detract from the value of that field and that, that study path, but quite often it's just the fact that you've, you happen to also be a developer and you, you did a bunch of different things that got you to this point. You know, it's that, that's pretty cool. Where were you originally from? If you don't mind me asking. Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> I was <laughs> born in Kiev, Ukraine, which was, at the time was the USSR. And I moved to the United States in 1990 with my, with my family and um, moved to Baltimore um, and lived there until I was like, you know, 18. And then I went to college at the University of Chicago in Chicago, lived there for a while in Chicago. It was just, it's really really cold over there it's just <laughs> that's the best description i've ever heard of it <laughs> i remember it was like minus 21 day and i looked up the temperature in a place called north pole alaska and it was warmer in north pole alaska and i was like really just you know i kind of like the cold but not this much so <laughs> i moved to new york which is just so much more moderate than chicago it's just the temperature here is more up my alley, I would say. Um, so I've been living here for the last 10 years. And um, yeah, I do, I do agree, you know, like being, um, thinking about other problems except for technology, I think does enable you to approach, approach problems in um, perhaps unique ways. But I would say that like this thing with email is something that's, always kind of bothered me because you know it was it's called email as you said right so it's supposed to be like nail but electronic and i kept not like every time i tried to use it from the very first time to up to today it's just you know it's just not that it's to me it's more like chat and and i want a platform where i can correspond with people and um and and it's just it's just not there on on the, on the internet. So I, I sought out to to create one. The other one that I always you know end up getting dragged into the 
these dark conversations on is is slack and 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 it's funny you talked about IRC and you know that's really I I'm a I did a lot of IRC stuff early on. I, I got back I got into bulletin boards as a kid, you know, like dial up and getting onto bulletin board systems and that was like you know, super old school. There's a bunch of people that are like nodding their head, yelling into their their podcast right now, going like, "Yeah, I remember that." You know, and, and you know, we, you know, you and I grew up in in near to the same kind of time frame, so we saw a lot of early stage technology, uh, and so now here we are, years later, and again, be because we probably, you know, you and I and other folks in our generation, we discovered technology as completely new and we then started to grow up with it and watch it evolve a lot of folks if they grow up today you know you get an ipad you, you know i you got a i got a three-year-old with an ipad <laughs> you know he'll have a fundamentally different way of approaching communication but we've really lived through this generation where people again like you said we're trying to like wedge fit and make email do something different so slack is suddenly this idea and they came at it with their, their tagline was, this is the email killer. Like kids, this is not gonna kill email number one. And, and this is a very different noisy approach to, to community versus, you know, like it, it was just the way that it was different. Like I, I'm in a lot of different communities. I talk with a lot of different people. I'm in OpenStack, I'm in, you know, cloud, AWS, Azure, you know, Kubernetes communities you know, VMware, you name it, all these different communities, Microsoft communities, every single one has a, has a, has a bloody Microsoft or a, a Slack team. And I've just eventually just shut it all down. And I said, like, force people back to email. And like I said, it made me say, like, what is the nature of communication? And how can I be effective on it instead of trying to wedge fit my life into these platforms? But let's find a platform that actually wedges the thing right back to where it's supposed to be. And that's the idea. It's like, I, I think you were said earlier that like, you know, this was supposed to be mail, but the thing that I never understood about technology and about like apps, you know, like you started with email, right? And I kept waiting for someone to question, hey, does all of this really need to be instant? And <laughs> that's even, right. even, if, even if something is said, oh, hey, this is asynchronous, you know? That's, it's not, it's still instant, even though it may be asynchronous, it's still up to the user to regulate themselves and how they approach it. Um, you know, you can, someone sends a, a text over Slack, you get it right away if you're right there. I mean, and just because there's this sort of implicit uh, implication that says, <laughs> implicit implication, it, imp implication that says that we should take our time and, you know, uh, afford ourselves to be asynchronous it's still instant and so we always have that send button to hit send and someone can always just send an email uh, a slack right back to us and this whole time that i first from the first time i used email or irc or all these things i'm like well okay great the internet and, and electronic communication enables instantaneity and that's like revolutionary that's so cool i can just send instantly anything to anyone on the planet that's awesome but wait a minute now there's not a single space online where communication can be non-instant um and maybe you know there's other tools that allow you to group uh your emails say and deliver them once a day 
but all of them allow you to kind of circumvent those mechanisms, you know, like if you want to peak, you can peak. And if you, if, so essentially I just really wanted a place that was non-instant and I never understood why just because we can be instant, why in every single case we must be instant. That's not something I've ever understood and don't think that's necessarily true about the internet, that we must have an imperative. Oh well, no, and that's it. And we're we as as a human as a human machine, we are fundamentally driven by psychological response. Mm-hmm. And this is why there's a, a lot of sort of studies and a lot going on, especially now around the dangers of of social media and other things, or because they have a mood altering effect. Uh, you know, and we we just people like to say like, oh, I'm not on it all the time. Well, well, guess what? Ding, right? The notification went off. Ooh, 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 let me check, right? This is why you have to say that people, we had to make a loss and you can't text and drive because people do not have the ability to meter their activity into periods of time. And I was lucky that I suddenly had to stop and I was like, hang on a second. Like I'm I'm getting lost in these platforms. I'm getting lost in this real-time stuff. Like you said, Get an email. Ding. All right, let me go check it. Oh, it's a coupon. Something. All right, you know, archive it. Ooh, while I'm there, I see 20 other emails. Let me start (laughs) sifting through it. And then that's it. You're down this rabbit hole of of negative productivity. And like you said, my favorite thing, when someone says ASAP, the first thing everybody thinks is start immediately. When I hear ASAP, I hear, I'll get it to you on Thursday. Because it's as soon as possible. And Thursday is as soon as possible. It's not, I'm going to drop everything and do it. Now, granted, sometimes you have to. But by goodness, I tell people all the time, don't make email the way you read instant reactions. And they get irked, you know, because you, you don't react right away sometimes. And you just want to sort of shake them a little bit. <laughs> so like, this is not what it was for. There's other ways if you actually needed immediacy. and the more we helped each other as a society to learn that we don't need to be instantaneous, then maybe we can kind of be like, you know, we can go back to, we'll probably find an increase in, in physical male usage because of stuff that you're doing and, and people that are becoming aware, like instantaneity. I love that, that, that thing. It's like, it's dangerous. It's not necessary. I love it for certain things, but don't turn it on for everything, right? Yeah, like one of the ways that I've discovered that, you know, I've been using Pony probably for half a year or so. And one of the things that I've discovered about Pony is that it allows me to kind of challenge myself with every communication I have. I find myself asking, does this need to be instant? Is this urgent? Does the other person need to see this right away, you know? <laughs> and and the and the answer to that for me is is overwhelmingly no. This is not urgent. They can see this in 24 hours. It will not age so dramatically. <laughs> it may be a meme, but it'll still be funny one day from now. <laughs> you know. Um, and so what I've really enjoyed about using this platform is that it kind of forces me to make that call about everything that I do and maybe that's a little heavy and you don't have to use it that way but it's been kind of a little bit of a mind-opening experience for myself in that regard. I, 
A hundred percent. And, and I, I urge everybody like get in, take a look at the platform, get involved with it. Like just, and think about why it's important. That's really the, the biggest thing, right? What it really, like you said, it made you, it makes you stop and evaluate kind of what are, what are we doing? Even as I look at like Gmail, just very recently, they opened up this thing about like scheduled sends and stuff like that. And that's an interesting approach to certain things because you know, but what is it actually doing? It's trying to schedule it so that you can get immediate response. That's really what it is. They want to speed the response and like, again, stop, 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 right? Like don't, don't make it easier to be real time with this. Make it easier to think about what the purpose is. And, you know, I've, I've read, uh, so Cal Newport does a really, uh, has some great work on, like deep work and, and deeper thinking. And as you get into things like where you want to do, you know, programming, you want to do, you know, financial analysis, whatever it is, like it's, if it's any deep type of work where you require disconnecting and putting your attention to something, that's it. So there's literally, he's got a book called deep work. Uh, there's another book he actually just produced called about digital minimalism, yeah. uh, which I haven't read yet. Uh, but you know, then I look and I think like, Boom! Right. This is this is the value that that comes from it. <clears throat> and then I find that when you succeed at, <clears throat> excuse me, understanding that, you start to look at the other things you're doing and saying, "Ooh, you know, could I do that here? Can I take the pony idea and then slow down some of the other stuff in my life?" And what you very quickly find is we don't need to move that fast. And uh, I mean, I'm a fan. You know, now, as far as like your friends and family, when you, when you showed them this and you, and you, you told them what they're doing, what was, what's the kind of reaction of people when they, they see what it is, when do they get it right away? Do they question, is it hard to unlock people's, you know, understanding of what the value is? Well, so of course there are the people who like, you see the light just like turn on in their eyes and they're like, I love it. That's great. You know? And those people are awesome because, like, I love that, of course, you know. But what almost drove me to want to explore this idea more and more in the beginning is that I would tell it to people. And a lot of people be like, really, they'd get, like, emotional about it. They'd be like, ah, oh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, God. Email and make it slow. It's like, that's so dumb. And I was like, well... Even if this person responded negatively, at least they're like very strongly negative about it. So, so I must have something here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's usually like a combination. There is sort of this, I say, bifurcation where some people are like, that's so stupid. And some people are like, that's great. I love that. And there is, of course, the people in the middle ground who need a little bit more explanation before they understand where I'm coming from, um, which is sort of the case with most things and to be expected. So it's all over the range and it does kind of vary from, I love it to, I strongly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, uh, uh, emotional reactions are good. You know, it either way. So I it helps I, the conversation. You know, um, because if it's something that really struck a person so much, it's like, well, why did that strike you so much? Why is that so antithetical to your 
perspective. Why am I upsetting you almost with this, you know? And, and I think it's, that it's indicative of how much of an issue this stuff is in people's day-to-day experience. I love the, the when you hear somebody and, and they get that reaction, it's, it's uh, in a way, it's a kind of a cry for help of like, oh, like they're, they're searching for this thing. Like, no, 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 I, this, this shouldn't have to be. Like, I don't understand why you're doing this. And, and it's because they're kind of probably internally questioning like, oh, goodness gracious, am I, am I using, am I doing too much? Am I doing, am I too real time? I, I do hope that we get a bit of a, of a resurgence of, of slowness. I really do want to see people. And I, I find it's actually happening because you, you've got really good, strong voices in the community who are helping, you know, around, you know, it's funny, Tim Ferriss, I use this as a good example. He wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. Of course, he's well known for that amongst many other things. And in the end, he says, people ask him all the time, well, you know, is the whole point to work four hours a week? And he's like, no, the point is to only be aggressively doing things for four hours a week so that you can do other meaningful things with the time in between. It's a backfill. In fact, one of the chapters in his book, which is the most fundamental, is what to do with suddenly discovered free time and how to use it effectively. That's the real win. This is the same thing. You know, I'm not going to go and I'm not using pony because I want to get people out of my life except for once a day. I'm doing it because I want them in my life the rest of the day in a meaningful way. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want to keep in touch with you in a way that our correspondence won't just like fall into this stream of notifications, shipping alerts, you know, like a shipping alert is maybe probably something you want immediately. So that's a good candidate to keep in your regular email but like my my correspondence my human communication with you is something that i kind of don't want in with my uh shipping alert or something like that and so i want a special place where where i have that where it won't get lost um and it's not as you said it's not just about being slow like there's a whole slow movement out there that I've, I, 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 I recently discovered and, and I totally get where they're from, but that's actually not my primary motivation. My primary uh, reason that I created this was, was, as Tim Ferriss says, as you say, to have room to do other things and to then communicate and be, be able to reflect and have time to, to reflect such that when I correspond, I have something to say, I've given it some thought, you know, it's not just like a knee jerk response that I sent to you. And I, and I want to emphasize that Pony isn't about, you know, crafting long, meaningful communications to people, you know, it's not like you have to sit and, you know, the imperative is to like, type out this long thing about <laughs> yeah, thoughts right. and feelings and stuff like that. Like that's not what it's about. Like you can use it that way. I've used it that way. That's great. But what it's for is just to give you some room. Like I know like my sister, my, uh, my sister-in-law, she uses it for, um, she receives all of her promotional stuff, her emails um, at, at her account. And that's because she likes to look at them once 
a day. Like she has it set up. So she receives all her email in the evening. And so she looks at all her like, uh, I'm not sure what she gets. I have no idea what she gets, but you know, like her emailers, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so it's not just for, it's for anyone who wants to have some room in, in, um, in their lives after, you know, with everything else being instant and so uh, oppressive in a way. Yeah, and, and I, I can say it, it's something that I know I can more freely give out to people to say, you know, here's a, here's a way to, to reach me. Because if I, if I give them my, like, so I have my, like, my sort of traditional, my core email address, and I've started doing other things around trying to folder and do other stuff. So I have, you know, I've got so much history with a particular address. Uh, so me moving over and, and trying this out meant like, ooh, okay, so I can also use it as a, as a bit of a thought experiment in how other people interact with me and finding the right map for it. And I do like that it's like I don't need to fundamentally change my, my core email operation, but now as I look at it, like what's the right fit for it? And it really makes me evaluate like what's the right thing. So for folks, hey, if you're listening, you want to get a hold of me, I'm Disco Posse at pony.gg. Like that's, that's the beauty part. Send the emails away, right? If, if, if it's meaningful, it's cool. I'm going to spend once a day. I'm going to dig through that stuff and I, and I do it. And I, I love this. I love the, just the sitting down. It's about sitting down to concentrate on it as a function, not to, like you said, to write this incredible, huge prose, you know, uh, I think it was the famous quote, it was Mark Twain or somebody, I should know the quote, right? Is like, if I had more time, I would have written you a shorter letter. Uh, it, that's, that's what time is being spent. I, I spend time being concise, finding meaningful ways to spend my time and, and share information with people. In, and in doing so, you know, that's, that's the thing. So yeah, for folks that want to jump in, this is a question actually that a lot of people will ask, right? It's going to be a different email address. Like, do you find any friction from from people because it's <clears throat> it's augmenting the existing system? You know, what what's your thoughts on on that? Because I do, I like the approach. I understand it, but some people get really attached. Like, oh, but everybody knows my Gmail or or whatever. Absolutely, that's probably the biggest. Uh, issue for people with this and I tried and I thought of lots of different ways not to make this a whole separate email platform and there are for example for Gmail there's a couple plugins that do sort of what this does but ultimately I just couldn't find a way to get everything I wanted out of it without having it be a fully fledged email platform and the reasons for that are just like you know if you if you have a way to circum, you know, so the whole idea is that Pony, the idea is that I want this to be highly actionable, like something you can do that anyone can do and enrich themselves with without having to, to control themselves, without having to learn to discipline themselves, because that's really hard. Um, and so I was trying to maximize actionability. And if you, if you try to incorporate a platform like this into Gmail or into Outlook, you find that the user always has a way to circumvent like the batching. There's always a way to unhide your inbox. If, if there's a tool that allows you to hide 
your inbox, if you're like, but did that person respond? You, you can always unhide it and check. Whereas with Pony, there's just no way. You, you, you cannot know if the other person responded until you get your once a day delivery. And this psychology is just something that really drove me to make it like this because it's about setting people up not to fail. It's about creating an environment and a tool that's highly actionable. And if it's part of your existing email, on one hand, that's great because I think it would be a lot less, uh, there'd be a lot less friction for people. But on the other hand, having it be a totally separate space is kind of the only way that I could envision making a totally separate space where, where you have this whole chill environment <laughs> in which to operate and exist. That's not this, the rest of our instantaneous world. And um, so that's my answer to that. And I totally understand that that's a big ask for me. Hey, get a separate email address and then tell people to email you here if they want to have, if they want you, you know, but I wasn't sure how else to do it. <laughs> well, and in fact, what I've, what I've started to do is, is actually do routing from like so using rule-based routing from my core email and move it over so effectively like archive and and forward there's stuff inside gmail that makes that super easy there's rules and outlook you can set so whatever your your kind of current client is of choice or mac mail or whatever and 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 doing so so i i want to use it as a routing mechanism so that i can then move to batch format and then if anybody for whatever reason they they want to adjust some of that that stream then they can do so but i find that sitting down and writing the rule makes me really honestly think about ooh you know like what's the what's the reason i'm doing this and what's the value that i'm getting you know and i would encourage definitely everybody listening I want to hear it. I want to hear you try this out, right? So you know my email address. It's, you know, discoposse at pony.gg. This is like, this is an unsponsored podcast. I should lay that down because people always realize, are you talking, is this guy getting paid? No, like this is, Dimitri reached out. I, I dug in and I was like, yep, I love this. Uh, this is why we're here to talk about this stuff because I believe in the what is being solved by this and I believe in the fundamentals of human behavior that we need to, uh, to, to attack these problems with because people need to get better at communicating, right? We've got an amazing capability that we've just misused and misspent for so long. So the capabilities are just revolutionary. Like I often think how amazing is it that like when I was born, I remember there being no way to send uh, anything to anyone on the planet and then just overnight, just seemingly overnight, Skype and all of this stuff and it's just amazing but as you said I think it's just we haven't thought about how to apply all of the features that these amazing platforms afford us and how you know because we with great power comes great responsibility and all that and I just feel like we need to figure that out as a, as a species. <laughs> Yeah, and it's uh, it's definitely something. Uh, so I'm I'm excited about the future of of the platform. We'll definitely we'll keep in touch as as things go along. And I hope that I get a whole bunch of emails to my uh, my my pony.gg email address from folks that are listening. I said try it out, uh, kick the tires on it, and then stop and think about what what it is that's that's being solved, which is pretty pretty awesome. So Dimitri, 
you do a bunch of other things. You're, you know, uh, obviously, how do you squeeze this in? That, talk about the ultimate productivity question. Building a platform, having, you know, freelancing, other stuff, like how do you, how do you manage to allocate your time well? I, I'm really curious. Oh, gosh. I, I struggle with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just, good answer. Good answer. I, that's, I, that's my favorite answer. This is not easy, but it's, uh, you know, do you have tips and tricks that you find that are, are helpful that work for you at least? My tips and tricks is for me, what works for me is being on a, a tight schedule and uh, having a routine. Um, I don't know if that's anything special or unique in terms of advice, but like falling into a, a routine is huge. For me, I don't know, like I, 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 uh, you said that you're um, taking a paternity leave soon. I, I just think, man, if I have kids, I don't know how ever I will, I will possibly keep a, a routine alive. I would say that's the biggest thing for me. And also, you know, like as all of the Cal Newport, Tim Ferriss concepts, like I love those as well. You know, really think about what you're trying to accomplish every day day and and always keep your your eyes focused on that um that's what i do uh, i'm not sure if that's uh no it's good and i love it because it's you know i i look to others and it's funny like when you mention names especially of like authors and and stuff and and we find that it resonates with the people and people say like oh yeah I've, I've read that book or or oh that's new um hey have you also read this person my favorite thing i've actually you know been doing a lot around mentoring for a long time and i'm actually building a, a platform specifically to solve problems around more rapidly connecting mentors together in order to get them to the to the value right let's like let's shave off all this wait time and and find ways to meaningfully connect people that have shared interests which has you know definitely been the most guiding way to a successful mentoring relationship and so it's effectively like what's a set of questions that you would ask somebody and one of the things that I always ask is like, what are the, what are the, what's on your bookshelf? You know, if you look at like, what are the last, the last, you know, top three books you would put that you've, you've ever read. Uh, what's a book that you've picked up recently that you are rereading that you may have read, you know, years ago. Uh, and then what you find is when you talk to people and they share the same challenges you've got, they'd also tend to have the same habits. Like you said, I, you know, you add kids to the mix. Woof. You know, you know you're going to face a challenge around routine, yeah. but I would bet you're going to come up with some kind of way to do it because out of necessity, you fit this in today. You're building this platform. You're doing freelance work. It'll be a new routine, but I definitely, I think you're right in the approach of like, I need to be able to find some way to get routine. You know, obviously kids will twist that up, <laughs> but you know, it's that's, that's definitely good advice that you're giving on like, you know, these are, these are things to do. Any other, so there's that question for you, right? If I could say, what are like the top three books or like what are three key books you've probably read um, that have been meaningful to you? Of all time or recently? Um, gosh, I haven't been reading a lot, a lot lately. I've been mostly just uh, focusing on this. Gosh. Uh, so that's such a, uh, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> I, what's, uh, half the fun is catching people off guard because even I, if, I, 
like you, you go back to school days sometimes and it's like, oh, I remember reading that now. <laughs> Honestly, like school days is a great example because what I've been doing over the past year is my wife has a Kindle and I steal her Kindle and I read public domain like free books which are just that's so cool about the kindle that you can just get anything from like before the 18, the the 1920s and just for free so i've been reading a lot of old books that i didn't get a chance to read in high school or college like i read um huck finn the other month i read uh anne of green gables which was nice. a great book <laughs> i really enjoyed that then I read um, a book by Afra Ben called Orinoco, which was about the slave trade. It's from the 1600s, and it's just like, it was a very interesting book. So I just been kind of filling in from stuff I didn't get to read growing up, actually. And um, the whole Amazon, or in general, the whole ebook platform, I think is so cool because everything is free and just you can grab it and read it. It's so cool. So I've been, I've, been, I've been reading that stuff. In terms of stuff that's been like really highly influential for me, I'd have to stop and think, you know? I, I was just thinking the other day that like someone that's been really, that was really influ influential in terms of creating this platform for me was this guy um, that I read in college named Emil Durkheim. And he was a, a sociologist. And I remember like the first time I, I, was, I was reading something that was assigned to us in school. And it was about like the idea of, time over the course of human history and like so in pre pre uh, historic societies and like early ancient societies if you were to make an appointment with someone you'd say well i'll meet you tuesday <laughs> or i'll meet you at some point next week and that was the resolution that was sufficient and at some point like as as timekeeping technology improved and especially as the Industrial Revolution hit, um, Durkheim wrote that people started being a lot more specific about time. So it stopped being like, I'll meet you in the afternoon, or like, I'll meet you at two o'clock, or you know, at like two or three o'clock. And then as industrialization happened, um, it was like, I'll meet you at 2.15, and you better be there at 2.15. <laughs> and, of course, that's how our current society works today, and I wouldn't be the one to try to change that. But just reading that, something about that really blew my mind. Like, I, as a person who was born in 1985, like, I wouldn't have ever even thought that societies worked in any other way. Um, and that's something that's always stuck with me. So maybe that was the book that was always, that really, like, got me. Um, so I'm just trying to challenge the idea of time and um, what it has to mean and how it has to work. I'm not trying to revolutionize it because I think that's a little bit too much of an ask for humanity at this point. <laughs> but I am trying to challenge it, I think, a little bit. Well, it's a good point. And, and, and it's funny when I look back at the people always ask me, you know, you're in technology, you've done all these things and you've, you've so what's the some of the most what's like the most meaningful 
technology book, you know, like how do I learn about, you know, systems and whatever. And, and I always tell them, I says, it's DSM-4, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. And people, they, they look at me really weird. I'm like, because it's a people problem, right? Technology solves people problems. That's what real well-adopted technology does. It's meant to save people time, to give people tools, to do things better, faster, whatever. And I said, and if you understand in the same way that your, your reference is, right, if I know how people work in, in a negative, I know how it doesn't work. I know the negative side of the evolution of society. Then from that, I know how to like take it back to some of the roots that did work. And nothing that we're doing today is fundamentally different. In fact, some of them are the best real throwbacks to how it was. You know, I, I, the old joke, somebody said like, I, I really like organic food or as my grandparents used to call it, food. You know, because we we didn't have all this stuff to worry about. Then all of a sudden we did. And so we're kind of going back to like go back to the roots of, of behavior, go go back, use systems to do so. And and I believe you are doing something that is if people understand the value of it, you actually are doing something that's fundamental. Uh and and I believe that you are you're going to at least open some eyes to people that are like, oh, aha, now I get why I'm doing this. And then, uh, so I, I, I applaud you for, you know, for, for putting this out there and, and putting the time to it. I, I do hope people get value out of it. It's, uh, I know I'm, I'm certainly enjoying it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's great to hear. And thank you so much for having me on here today. Oh, this has been great, Dimitri. Definitely, I I, <clears throat> I love hearing stories, especially uh, you know founder stories and 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 platform starters. Uh, it's 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 a tough road, you know. It's especially it's a long road that that no one will see. The, uh, the, uh, every overnight success is, is powered by 10 years of hidden work. <laughs> so I, I definitely hope that I'll get a bunch of emails to my disco posse at pony.gg of people that are, that are trying it out. Uh, tell, me, tell, tell me what you like about it. There's feedback in the platform as well. So make sure you let Dimitri uh, you know, know what's going on. Uh, and Dimitri, you know, what's, uh, what are other ways that, that if folks want to get a hold of you and they want to want to share their stories or, or get in touch with you in general, how can they do that? Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Dmenkovsky. I'm guessing all of this will be like in the show notes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'll share it in the show notes. And, and uh, luckily, you know, people then tend to catch this real time. And I'm surprised by sometimes uh, some of the responses I get, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Um, I would say that's a good way to get in touch with me instantly. Pony, at, um, I'm Dimitri at pony.gg. And again, that'll be on the show notes. But, you know, that's if you have something that's not immediate or urgent. Um, but, yeah, I love Twitter as well. Huge into Twitter. Um, so Twitter and Gmail. Uh, and <laughs> Gmail. Wow. See, that's just so burned in my, in, in my mind. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a brand thing. And that's, it's really okay. funny. Uh, it is hard to escape those things. And, you know, I, I, it's funny, even like my, my, like my, my, sorry, my not work email, my, like my personal email is my own domain, you know, backed by Gmail, but we get attached to this idea that, uh, you know, oh, Lord knows these days now, you know, 
the reason Gmail is free is because that they do other things in order to make it free. So, you know, I, I like, and on that note, I should say, uh, I, that's a great thing. I'm sure a lot of people are me asking, so is this free? This is free. And so then like, um, who's the, who's the client, who's the user and who's the product, right? Well, <laughs> that's right. Um, so obviously like for this to work out as a business, I need, first of all, users. So, um, but, uh, if I get users, then my, uh, I just, I just need to say that like Pony and me were just very committed to this idea of, you know, there's ways to be profitable without, for example, selling, uh, user private information to third parties, for example, or engaging in techniques like green marketing. So, um, and DuckDuckGo is an example of a company that I think just hits a good middle ground where they say, hey, you know, we can provide a service and still make money without, without just being over the top. And so that's the goal with Pony. I really don't want to create another one of these platforms that is like, you know, like in the news, you know, Pony leaks all of this. And like, I don't want to be that guy that's not my thing here um and as it kind of sucks because google came before me and did the whole don't be evil thing so now i that's I, right i kind of can't say that <laughs> they, they kind of took that away from me but um so just want to say that focus on privacy is is huge um spent a lot of time on this because security is is huge for for me as well so that's number one, I would say, for me. And um, I don't want to disappoint people in, in those areas. Absolutely. And, and, and I, uh, it's a great example. I love DuckDuckGo uh, as if you look at a, an example of how they've done something that's privacy-focused, that's, that's, uh, that's a great service, and been able to, to maintain, uh, maintain it for free, uh, but definitely you know, as you know, for folks that are that are on here, they want to try it out, share the story, uh, you know, share it online. I, I encourage people to do that. So again, thanks very much for taking the time with me, Dimitri. Uh, look forward to seeing more. We'll catch up again as as time goes on as well, further down the road. I'd love to, you know, track the growth and and any other projects that you're working on. Definitely keep keep us in touch and uh, looking forward. It's it's been a pleasure to chat. Thank you, Eric. Have a great one. Thank you so much. You're listening to Today's Cool Palsy Podcast.